This last week, I was uh, in Chicago at the Amplify Conference, and it was a uh, conference hosted by the Billy Graham Evangelistic Society in Wheaton College, and there were church leaders from all over the country focused on um, reaching out in our current day that isn't looking real positively at Christianity. Um, but as you got there, you, you checked in and registered, and you immediately got a name tag. And this was, they made sure you wore it by a very devious method. It's how you got your food. So um, <clears throat> you had to keep wearing it. But as soon as we registered, we, handed our, we were handed our name tags. And just couldn't have been three or four minutes after we came through the line, I noticed this guy in front of me, and he'd already nodded his and had this tail sticking out behind his neck. And I thought, well, that's sort of weird. Why would he do that already? And then I got to looking at him, and if you put it on, your name is way down here. And I thought, oh, I get why he did that. He wanted people to be able to see his name and raise it up, because you always had all these papers and stuff you're carrying around, and he wanted everybody to see his name. And I thought, well, that's not so goofy. Um, there was a good reason for tying that knot in his lanyard. Well, it struck me that that's sort of like God is. God says, I want you to know my name. I don't want to hide it from you. I want you to know who I am. And we've been in this series now, The Names of God, and we're going to stay in it through the summer. At the end, we're going to look at three names of Jesus. We're going to look at the one New Testament name of God that gets added. And we're going to look for one name of the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be our summer. But God has dozens of names, and they're used throughout the Bible. And different than what we use aliases or pretend names, each name that God uses or others use of Him is about a quality of God, a, a new aspect of His character. And I, I'm enjoying it just because the more we look at all these names of God, our God gets bigger. In a sense of, well, yeah, he's that way too. And, oh, yeah, and he does that. And, and that's how he is. And so we have been looking at <clears throat> a lot of those different names of God. But they're all based on the reality of who God is compared to sort of popular spirituality today that says we're each going to make up our own God. And I want God to be this way, and so my God's going to be this way. But that's not what this is about. These names of God, the Bible saying, this is who He is. Like it or not, take it or leave it, this is who God is. And we need to adjust to Him. And I think that is a very important thing for us to understand. And it's not just um, theory, I want to call it personal. There is a thing called theology, which is the official study of God. I only know of one or two people who read theology books by choice. Um, it's usually something you have to be required to read, like we were in seminary. And you have to wade through all this, and it's all these different lists of the way God is and His different qualities, and it can be pretty dry stuff. But I hope, I'm trying to make sure that's not what we're doing here. 
Because I want this to be very personal. Because the reality is, as we look at each new name of God, that's who your God is. That's how He is going to come to you. If you come to Him, that's who you're going to find. That is the reality of our God, your God. And even if we sort of stand away from God and we're not real interested in Him and somebody sort of drug you here today, that's okay because you still need to understand that's who God is. Whether you're near to Him or far from Him, this is who He is. And He wants you to get to know Him. In all of these qualities, in all of these traits, my hope is that this is a very personal study. And that as you walk away each week, you walk away with a little better picture of who the God you pray to every day. And that's who He is. And the God next month you're going to deal with, that's who He is. We'll see that today. He's not going to change. That's who He is. Well, today we want to talk about a, a mountain and a rock. And the reason I put that is we've already talked about God as a rock, as a mountain. But there's a vast difference for who we have talked about and who we're going to talk about today. We've already looked at God as El Shaddai, God the Almighty. The concept there is the mountain God. Shaddai is this massive mountain. Picture for you in your mind whatever is the biggest mountain you've ever seen, whether that's in a picture or you've been there. I love the mountains. That's probably why this is one of my favorite names. I didn't grow up in the mountains. I grew up in Illinois cornfields. Maybe that's why I enjoy the mountains. Um, and the bigger and the more massive and, the, and the, just the more, wow, I, I love it. So I love this picture, but then the L in front of it is God the mountain. And I explained that what that means is you take the mountain, the biggest mountain you've ever seen, and now multiply it exponentially, and that's who this God is. And He is this massive, mighty mountain of a God who is dependable. Remember, this is the God who showed up for Abraham when Abraham was doubting, am I ever going to have a child? Am I ever going to have this nation? And El Shaddai comes and says, I, the mountain God, will take care of you. You can count on me. I am the dependable God. That mountain will never move, and I will never move. You can count on me. I am El Shaddai, God the Almighty. But that sort of theology... We can write that down. We can list that. That's the way God is. But we come today to a more personal discussion about God. And it's from David. It's over in Psalm 144. I want to read two verses. Actually, the scripture that was read for us from Samuel is the prayer that David offered and he wrote it down in Psalm 144. Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress. 
my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. David says he is God, my rock, Jehovah Tsuri, God, my rock. I want to stop there for just a second because I, I, I love how this fits together. Remember Jehovah, and that's the word he uses here. I know your Bible says Lord, all in caps. But how he wrote it in Hebrew is I am, because remember Jehovah is I am. The I am of Moses Tell them, I am sent you. Well, God is a lot of things, and David realizes, I am is my rock. This rock that I can go to, this place of refuge, that's who he is. He is Jehovah Tsuri. Picture this rock that you can climb up on. You ever done a river thing, like rafting thing, or an inner tube? We used to do that a lot with the youth group. And you're going down this river and you want to go, well, I want to stop. Well, that's harder to say than, harder to do than you might think. And you try and grab branches or grass along the shore. Well, that doesn't work. The branch breaks and you're on down further. The grass pulls out. You try and put your foot down, but it's sandy and that just keeps going. What you need is a big rock to come up against. And then you can come up in that rock and you're stuck and you can crawl out. And it feels so good. That water's been cold and this rock is warm in the sun. And you crawl out on that sun and now that river that's going past doesn't bother you at all. It's sort of pretty to look at. Because now I'm up on this rock and nothing's going to move this rock. I'm safe. God, my rock. This is what David says. David, God is my rock. It's also that word stronghold, that fortress. And I thought, how do we think of that today? Well, it's pretty easy. I think we live with a lot of fears in our world today. And you get to the car in the parking lot and you get in and lock the door and you're okay. But even better, you get home and it's been a long day or a scary day or a draining day and you get home and you shut the door and you sit down in your favorite chair, and you're home. You're safe. You're away from all of that. That's the word that David uses here. It's not about the size of the rock. It's about the safety and the security of the rock. And David had come to understand that for him, God was that rock that he could climb up on and be safe. That 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 fortress that I could come inside. The other word that's used there is the high tower or stronghold. But it's that sense of this fortress that's built up high. And once you get up in there, the enemy can't touch you. David said, God, that's who you are. You're that place of refuge for me. And that's what he, he wanted. And the thing is, this is a testimony of an eyewitness. Now, I want you to notice what we read, Psalm 144, the end of the Psalms. By our best guess, this is something David would have written towards the end of his life. But look on the screen, way back in chapter 18, almost word for word. David writes, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. 
my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I want, to think, I want us to think about this for a minute, because notice how we have bookends. Psalm 82, what does David say? God is my rock, my refuge, my fortress. Psalm 144, he says the same thing. Now, the Psalm 18, we might, a lot of us who are older might say, well, yeah, that's easy for him to say. He's new. He's young. Wait till life gets a hold of him. We're pretty sure he wrote Psalm 18 after the, the beginning of his life. Saul had tried to kill him, and God had protected him, and he finally was king. And as he became king of Israel, um, he immediately was confronted with the Philistines. And now he had defeated them. And so now he's, for the first time, feeling pretty secure as king of Israel. And he says, Psalm 18. But a lot of us would say, yeah, that's good. You're a new Christian. Trust God. But wait till the difficulties of life come. But that's why I think it's so important to realize that when David is old, he still writes 144. God, I've now lived my life with you, and I still say, you are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my refuge. You are my high tower. I have always felt safe in you. David had experienced that God does not change. Those were the words of Malachi 3.6, where God himself says, I, the I am God, does not change. You always know what you're going to get from me. And that is the testimony of David. I want us to look a little bit and think about some background of this witness who is testifying to us that God, we can rely on God as a refuge, a rock, a fortress. We see David as a very famous person, but he didn't start that way. Most of you know the story of how David was selected to be king. God tells Samuel, one of Jesse's sons is your new king, go find him. Samuel the prophet goes to Jesse and said, I need to see your sons. And they all parade by. God keeps whispering in Samuel's ear, nope, nope, nope. Gets to the last son that Jesse produces, and God said no to everyone. It's really a fun story because at that point, Samuel's saying, uh, God, uh, we have a problem here. Uh, you told me his son would be king. We've gone through every son. You've told me no to everyone. He finally goes to Jesse and says, uh, you got any more kids? And Jesse says, oh, yeah, there's David, but pfft. he's out with the sheep. And, of course, Samuel says, would you get him in here, please? And, of course, David comes by, and God says, yep, that's him. He didn't start as a famous king. He started as even the one his own dad says, oh, forgot, forgot David. And that's how he started. And if you know David's life, it wasn't this huge list of triumphs. He didn't do it all right. He wasn't the perfect man. He stole another husband, another man's wife, Bathsheba. 
had adultery with her and then kills her husband to cover his sin. He did wrong things. And he didn't always have an easy life. And I think that's important for us to, to hear and see. Because I think so oftentimes we assume that if God is going to be my rock and my fortress, then that means he should bring me a perfect and easy life. And that's not what David experienced at all. He constantly had enemies that he had to fight against. He lost a son as an infant. His family had feuds internally. At times his enemies defeated him. He was punished by God. One of his own sons led a coup against him and tried to steal the throne from David. David did not always have an easy life. But at the end of his life, he was still willing to declare, God is my refuge. God is my fortress. God is that strong tower I can retreat to. And that's why he wanted to praise this God who had always been with him. And I think there's an important lesson in that that we need to hear. God does want to be your rock. He wants to be Jehovah Tsuri for you. God my rock. He loves you that much. He asked His one and only Son to come to earth and die for you. That's how much He loves you. And He sees us as we are, like David, not always perfect, not always doing it right. But He still loves us. He has that kind of unconditional love, not because we've earned it or deserve it or are good enough, but because of who He is and His nature of love and we are His children created in his image so he loves us and he wants to be there for us he wants to be that rock that doesn't mean life will always go well but that doesn't mean he isn't there to be our rock of refuge that would take a whole other sermon multiple sermons to wrestle with why is God loving us and our rock and yet bad things happen to us. Sometimes, like David, we make poor choices and bring those bad things on us. But other times it's because we live in a broken world. And Satan is alive and well and active in this world we live in. We live in a war zone. But none of those diminish the fact that God is there and wants to be that fortress for us. That rock that we can crawl up on. Sometimes, as we heard in the 23rd Psalm, God walks with us through that dark valley. So that He is always there ready for us to come to Him. To be safe with Him. That we need Him. God is God my rock. That is a name of God. That is a fact. The question isn't, is God a rock for us? The question is, will we come to Him? Will we climb up on Him? 
I think we in our world are often raised to try and handle everything on our own. We're going to solve our own problems. We're going to figure things out. We're going to look on the internet. We're going to watch a YouTube video. We're going to buy a book, go to a conference, get something off the TV. We're going to fix our own problems. The problem is sooner or later, we're going to run into a problem we can't fix. And we're going to realize, I need a fortress. I need a place of safety. I need God. I need God who is God my rock. That I can crawl up on and be safe. Though the floodwaters are washing all around. And though I almost drowned in those floodwaters, I can crawl up on this rock. And be with my God. And he wants to be that immovable rock, that fortress that cannot be broken into, cannot be moved, and he will hold me there. I always picture that 23rd Psalm shepherd with his arms wrapped around us, with his rod and his staff there to take care of us. I was joking with Carrie about the worship service, and I said, now we're singing about God the rock, not Jesus the rock. Because there's a ton of Jesus rock songs, and he did a great job. He snuck in one. But that's okay, because I want to end with Jesus. Because you see, Jesus is also the rock. He is God. This is God, my rock, continued as Jesus. But notice what Jesus offers us. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That's who Jesus wants to be for us, that rock that we can come to because he also cannot be moved. They killed him and he lived again. They tried to turn the entire nation against him, and they failed. And with 11 guys, he changed the world. And he says, you can come to me too. Whatever life is throwing at you, whatever struggles you are having, and he doesn't erase all those. Please understand that. Don't let your current circumstances be your ruler for evaluating whether God can be your rock. Realize that He will be with you. And He invites you to come to Him and find your security in Him. Because as David will testify after an entire life of ups and downs, as David would say, God was always my rock. God was my fortress, my strong tower. I always found safety in Him. And that's who God wants to be for you. Let's pray. Jehovah Tsuri, God, our rock, we thank you that you are that kind of God. That you want to be a place of safety for us, a fortress, a strong tower, that we can retreat to when the world seems like it's falling apart. 
Thank you that you were that for David for decades. And he always found you faithful. Father, help us realize you will be that for us. You are God, my rock. Help us realize it's okay to need you. And it's okay to come to you. And we don't have to be perfect. David wasn't. But you love us and you want to be that refuge for us. That place of safety. I pray that your spirit would guide us. Your word would speak to our heart as well as our head. And help us realize we can come to you. And we will find that safety that David found. Thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.